I'm Giselle, and these are my two partners, Elena and Alexa. In this podcast, um, it's meant to explore words, their meaning, and how we can use language to be inclusive towards people of the LGBTQ community. We will also be discussing how gender language is affecting people, particularly women, and people in the LGBTQ community. I first wanted to talk about what gender language even is. What do you guys think gender language means? For me, I think of typically, if you're thinking about like a policeman, like a chairman, um, other stuff like that. Um, typically, you don't think of that as like a chairwoman or a policewoman. I'm sure I'm not alone. Immediately think of like the male figure in these jobs. Yeah, I agree with Alexa. I think that it's something that promotes some kind of gender bias. So like, as she said, policeman, policewoman, you don't necessarily think of policewoman when you think of someone with authority in law enforcement. You more go towards the male. And I don't think that's necessarily fair to the other genders out there, especially when you have new generations coming up and, you know, learning different things. It's not fair to institute these kinds of biases on them because they grew up thinking that it's okay and the social norms that we live with today, those aren't the best to live by because they don't promote an inclusive and diverse environment. Yeah, I she brought up a good great point about not even just male and female, but the other genders. Um, it just saying police man or police woman isn't kind of thinking about any of the other genders, non-binary individuals who may be in these positions. Um, so I think gender language, like even if we do say police woman, we're still not looking at or thinking about individuals who don't fall into those binaries. Yeah, it makes sense. In Spanish, it's like, like we actually put genders on each thing. Like we put like doctor or like doctora. So there's like already connotations with that in Spanish. And I just feel like that's why women and just people in general like experience more discrimination than men do based on like their gender. Continuing to promote these types of gender biases, it only allows the glass ceiling to continue to survive because women aren't really presented with as many opportunities as men. So if we continue to like go along and give our own support for the gender biases, it's just going to prolong everything. So even if, say, we do want to make changes and we are adjusting, it's going to take time. But I think it all starts with teaching our kids on how to approach these different types of matters instead of just going along with them and telling them, okay, yeah, that's a girl, that's a boy. But there are so many in-betweens and there are a lot of things that we need to be mindful of, especially with like the newer generations that are growing up who identify as other. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, um, going on with what you said, like, how we have to teach um, students and just kids in general, like, about how it's important to be inclusive of other people because there isn't just a strict female and male. Like, there's just a whole complex thing with that. Um, I just feel like it all starts with the way we speak because, you know, like, every day we're talking to each other and if we use more inclusive words like things that aren't just limited to like two genders it'll create more inclusivity and they'll realize like oh like so there isn't just girls and just boys like I think that's a really good point that you bring up um actually it reminds me of my work now because a lot of the schools on Long Island 
they don't have girls and boys bathrooms anymore. So on the bathroom, it just says gender neutral. So like when the boys have to go to the bathroom, you're not saying, okay, go to the boys bathroom. Or when the girls are going to the girls bathroom, well, go to the girls bathroom. It's just gender neutral bathrooms, which I guess it does cause a little bit of controversy because some of the kids are also very young and they don't understand a lot of things. So there may be situations where there's going to be a boy and a girl in a bathroom, which can be dangerous, and we don't necessarily know how to go about it because the gender-neutral bathrooms, you can't say, oh, well, you can't go into the bathroom because another student's in there who's a different gender, but what if that other student identifies as something else other than their gender assigned at birth? So I think there's a lot of different um, discrepancies and, like, different types of smaller issues that are going to exist because we're making the changes, but I think as time goes on, we'll be able to be more comfortable with it and, I guess, adjust more. Going back to what Giselle said about just being conscious of how we speak to each other on a daily basis, um, like, more and more I, like, find myself, like, consciously thinking about how I address um, people because when I, like, was younger, I would be like, oh, hey, guys, oh, what's up, guys? Like, I'm talking to a group of people. I don't necessarily realize that that, like, guys is a term that refers to men, pretty much. Um, and, like, I live with four other women, and if I, I, I can't, I, every day I walk in and I, I, like, oh, hey, what's up, you guys? And I think, like, I need, like, just being conscious of, like, how gendered language really is, because I never had thought, like, that guy is a gendered word, and just as, as someone who's going to be a teacher, I think it's important to start now being conscious of how your words and, like, what you, ch how you choose to address a group of people can impact individuals, because I'm sure, like, when, in high school, middle school, when they would refer to, like, oh, boys and girls, like, listen up, Maybe not everyone in the group is a boy or a girl. They could be whatever they identify as. So I think it's good that now I feel like more as a society we're growing more acclimated to being considerate of that. Um, and obviously there's pushback from people. But I think there's no, there's no harm in making sure that everybody feels included in a group and everybody feels seen in a group because... It, referring to like a group of 400 students as boys or girls there's going to be students who don't feel included in that or feel like they're just being put into a binary that they don't necessarily feel that they belong in yeah I agree I think that instead of referring to them as boys and girls it might be a good idea to refer to them as like their class number if they're in the younger grade or just like class or maybe even the school, depending on if you guys are on a trip or not, instead of trying to, like, target a specific gender, like, keep it kind of not so inclusive. So I think you bring up a good point with that, and I think that if they are able to understand that you're identifying all of them and you're communicating with all of them, it'll help make them feel more comfortable communicating with you and seeking for help when they need it, or even just, like, going to talk to you if there's ever an issue. Yeah. I feel like, like, going back to what Alexa said, um, I just feel like we need to think about in what ways we can be inclusive with people. Like, what do you guys think is 
some like gender neutral language that we can use or like what things we shouldn't necessarily say when talking to people especially if they're like strangers like what do you guys think would be more gender neutral i think just if you're talking to groups like oh hey hey everyone or i know here at school they use the word folks a lot um just words that collectively refer to a group without assigning a gender you say oh hey everyone like listen up or hey folks we're gonna get started um those words don't refer to a specific gender and but they simultaneously refer to the collective group so i think if we use those types of words more serves to foster a much more inclusive environment yeah i agree i think that you can also um address them by the organization they're with or even the club so like say if you're talking to a specific club you name that club or you say good morning and then you insert the name of the organization they're associated with i don't think that you have to say good morning guys or good morning girls or whatever it is you don't have to necessarily associate them with the gender as long as they can be able to identify themselves with a particular group and it helps them feel like as though they're part of the majority instead of singling them out and making them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, you guys are both right. I feel like that's why it's so important to establish these things, like to think about them before we get into like serious like discussions with people, like whether it's like in an organization, as you guys said, and I just also feel like we could also use more like jobs positions, like flight attendant instead of like mentioning anything with like the woman or just like we could also use person, people, like that would be another way that we could go about like referring to people. I also think today we see a lot of like instead of referring to someone as like Latino or Latino, we see Latinx. I feel like in that capacity, people are also a lot more conscious of how we're referring to a group of people. Because you mentioned Spanish before, like Latino and Latina is like gendering for male and female. But if someone who identifies with that community but doesn't necessarily identify as a male or a female, like how, how, how do we refer to them? So I think today we're seeing a lot more of inclusion with, those, with that sort of language as well. Yeah. I feel like it's so complicated even when we try to find different ways of more inclusive because like with that word like latinx like there's still some controversy within people and like in el salvador or like in spain like there's just so many different opinions people have on it so it's like it's gonna take time where where to like actually have something where you would even have to like explain it like the way we refer to people like um with like our pronouns like it's still like we're in the midst of like something new and we're all just like learning to like adjust with it and it's just gonna take time i agree i think it definitely is something new for everyone but then part of me also thinks back to like latin class and i know like in latin there yes there are genders but then there's also like neutral words so i feel like even though as a society that we've progressed so much in a way we kind of did regress because we focus so much more on specific genders as opposed to like the neutral um, words that don't necessarily point out genders. So I feel like, yes, we did regress because we focused too much on gender and maybe it would be a good idea if we kind of just looked back to our Latin origins and like thought about, oh, well, maybe there was a reason why things were neutral in the past. Yeah, I actually never thought of that, like the Latin 
origins of it. I never really thought of that. I feel like in America specifically, like I just feel like we haven't really been educated on like how language even like started, like how these pronouns were developed. I feel like, as you said, like if we actually think of like the origins, like I've never really talked about that, like in any classroom setting. I just feel like we need to be less ignorant by like actually making ourselves like become educated in these like topics where gender is the main focus. In part, that's kind of where our education system misses out on a lot. We focus so much on pushing pushing a certain curriculum. And we're so focused on, okay, well, what are the students going to learn? Do they understand what I'm teaching them? Like, do they understand what X plus Y equals or something along those lines? But we don't get them to think critically or analytically a lot of times. And many times they're not even able to apply certain things to the real world or, like, kind of wonder how certain things affect them. So especially when it comes to, like, gender and all of the things that are arising today, not many of them really know how to go about certain things, and it just results in something that's not really pleasant for anyone because there's a lot of disagreement, and when people are trying to voice their opinions, it gets pretty heated. Yeah, you're right. I feel like that's why, like, as you said, like, how, like, we, we don't really talk about this in classroom settings, like, just so, like, like the thing with, like, X plus Y and things. I just feel like um, in a classroom setting, we should put more emphasis on different matters that maybe don't always correlate back to, like, the topic, like, the subject we're supposed to be teaching. But, like, as a teacher, like, we are supposed to teach our students something that, you know, that they can remember for, like, throughout their whole lives, you know, or just think about it once in a while. And I just feel like if we incorporate it in classes, like, especially, like, using more inclusive language, like, just that alone makes a huge difference because, you know, like, a lot of our lives are spent like, hours of our day are spent in school, at least, like, the first half, you know, like, when when we're elementary school kids, and then when we go to high school. So I just feel like it is important, as you said. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it, and it was very insightful. We hope that you continue to promote inclusive language, and we hope you were able to learn a lot about gender language biases. Thank you.